Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, here on the DMVR Nuggets podcast, Dane, I have a question for you right off the bat. Is weed legal in Minnesota? I don't even know. Weed is not legal in no. Minnesota. Is this a weed ad? This is a, a weed ad. <laughs> you ever done one of these? Dude? No. <laughs> it's part of the weed ad. <laughs> well, we're talking about Mile High, <laughs> Green Cross. We have a million uh, marijuana dispensaries in Denver. I've and, heard. Um, a couple of them are our partners with us. So, Mile High Green Cross on 9th and Broadway, they've got $99 pre pack ounces, V3 hash oil bulk deals. You can get five cartridges for $100. Bucks. Ma- amazing stuff, right? Five cartridges. <laughs> uh, they got parking in the back, too. Get in and out in How just long? nine minutes. Nine, nine minutes. minutes. Holy cow. Nine minutes. Wow, that's fast. And that's right less now, than one quarter of NBA basketball. Exactly. <laughs> that was good, yeah. And uh, right now, if you sign up for their loyalty program, you will receive 20% off of your entire purchase once per month. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Headquarters Lounge. I am your host, Adam Mades. I'm joined by Brendan Vogt. Hey, how's it going, guys? You, you always know this is calibration, so people know your voice. You have to say something. Hello. There it is. That's great. <laughs> we always know the intro is coming, but we and never, he never know how to say I'm also it. joined by Harrison Wynn. What's up, guys? What's uh, up? <laughs> what's up? There you go. And today we have a very special uh, guest, my buddy from Zone Coverage Minnesota, Dane Moore. Dane, what's yeah, up, man? man? Thank, you for, thank you for doing this, and we're doubling this up, so it's going on my podcast as well, which is the Dane Moore NBA podcast. Not as good of a name. But <laughs> you know, but short and to the sweet and to the point. You know, you it for keeps that. it vague. You know, yeah. so that when the Timberwolves become irrelevant, then I can like <laughs> I could talk about oh, other teams. You know, NBA, smart. right? You well, let me baptize you into this podcast. We like to make fun of the way people pronounce words here. So, can you say vague for me? One more time? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if so. So, it. Minnesota is very. Oh, is that, that's that was, uh It's people rip on the accents. Okay. So vague, vague. What did I say? Now when you asked me to say vague. It, vague. <laughs> vague. Okay. Vague. There, there you go. go. Vague. Don't worry, Dan. It I get it. I'm going to try and say that as many times as I, I get can, it literally now. every episode. I was, was so. going to say we don't pick on people's way they pronounce words. We just pick on Harrison. <laughs> it, it was too easy. It was just sitting there. Um, I can't remember. I'm, I'm baptized. Word, I can't remember what word people said I screw up. There was a weird, a random word that I never. No, your thing is you say you preface everything with in a vacuum. Well, in a vacuum, <laughs> yeah, in a vacuum. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> it just sounds like a cool preface. <laughs> sounds like a cool. It's thing supposed to, say. to be like in a scenario where there, nothing outside, in what exactly what we're talking about matters. In a controlled environment. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see how many times I do it today. Um, every time is a, obviously a drink, so a crack open your <laughs> breck brew. Today's episode of the show, like all episodes, are brought to you by. Illegal Pete's. Uh, illegal uh, Pete's. Uh, We're at the home of the stir. Fantastic place. Dane, you're not lucky enough to have Illegal Pete's. I know. What is it? It's like Chipotle, but better. Well okay. said. I, I walked I walked by it. Oh, you should have gone. Oh, I didn't know. I really missed out when, on a piece of the Colorado culture. To Chipotle, does it ever bum you out that they don't stir the ingredients in your You can bowl? ask them to stir it. You yeah, can. You can. You can ask you. them. Or you can but just they, go to Illegal Pete's. At Illegal Pete's, they ask you. They understand. It's just assumed. <laughs> yeah. It's just understood at Illegal Pete's. It's understood. 
Um, it's a right. very vague name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a great start. Burrito. You know, so my wife has a like the AG sound bag tag whatever she says like bag, and it's very Minnesota. And now my kids say it. Um, oh God, Dylan! She's always like that. Where's my bag? And I'm always like Dylan, stop. Where did you get that? <laughs> she even says like magazines. I don't know. She has a weird way of saying all those sounds. My mm. college roommate said ba- bagel. Instead of bagel, yeah, I would have slapped him. Yeah, so hard. I did once. Did I would really? have. Yeah. I would have thought he's doing it on purpose. He, I can't yeah. believe people actually say bagel. He was from upstate New York. It's a weird place. What do you think of uh, the Colorado accent? I'm bad at picking up on accents. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm making a point. Uh, I don't know. Colorado is it is it a thing? No, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Is I think Colorado doesn't have accents. I don't think it I does. would agree with that. It's yeah. the, and I'm not just saying that as somebody from Colorado. I just think that's like the. Mm-hmm. There is no accent. I don't know. It's the base, I guess. Yeah. Everything else is a deviation from the perfect accent of Colorado. Um, Dane, at, we're not just talking about accents today. We are also talking about your um, new roster. What, what am I trying to say here? Additions. New, new additions to the roster, as well as Denver's new additions to the roster. But we're going to start um, with you. So you just received two of our favorites. Yes. We just were, we were just in the other room watching. So Jared this. Vanderbilt is not a favorite. Oh man, that's right. There's three. I was <laughs> gonna say. I actually we'll, really we'll, like Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Vanderbilt too. We just don't know him. Yeah. Really. Well, I think that that's the you know that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you guys, and I'm sure my listeners also is the, those three guys all. I mean, didn't play a ton, you yeah. know, in Denver, and so it's it, they're hard to know, and so we're we're kind of getting to this point where we see how Malik plays and now Wancho is getting this this role here but I mean, even for me someone who has the time to like dig in and try and figure out who like Wancho Hernan Gomez is it's like tough he, yeah. he he played and everyone's like oh like Jokic and Kat same thing like it's it's not and there, there's there's I don't know it's just very important for Minnesota the front office mostly to understand what Hernan Gomez and Beasley are because they have this decision coming up yeah. with their restricted free agency to say you know are they someone they want to build this team around? Like next to Cat, are, are they are they critical pieces? So it's in a completely lost season for the Timberwolves. I mean, these what Wancho can be and what Malik can be are I mean two of the you know the biggest questions. And they're already these sort of unknown quantities because they never re- reached their full potential in Denver. And Wancho right. was sort of out of rhythm and out of confidence. We know he's a better shooter than the front office has seen statistically, right? It, it through his time in Denver. So it's a short ramp for them to gather this data and make that decision. Would you say, I feel like I know Beasley and Wancho pretty well, and I, I feel like, maybe this is foolish of me, but I feel like I can see their trajectory. Uh, I feel like I know them pretty well. Malik especially, but I think even Wancho, I kind of know what you're getting from him. Yeah, I mean, we watched him for four years. Yeah. Four years is a long time. Even if you're in and out of the rotation, even if at times you're a starter, at times you're not playing at all, like four years is still a long time. Well, the, you're the... The best people to like analyze a bench guy are eighty-two game guys. Yeah, who are, yeah are, you've, sure. you've been watching them. You know, even even stuff like summer league. You know, where where you just have there's been this part of your brain that's been analyzing these guys. Where somebody who is watching the league as a whole, or you know, me who's only getting to Denver games, you know, here and then. It's we don't have that. You know, we don't have that perspective. So for me, as I'm sitting here trying to decide, you know, is if they offer Malik Beasley a fifteen million dollar a year contract, like. Is that worth it? I I don't know. It's it's mm. hard for me mm-hmm. to make an assessment, and I don't want to totally make it off of whatever the five six games he's played here. I'm right. like, oh, he shoots he's a, a max. Lot. He's a max. Yeah, guy, right. Like volume shooter. He does shoot a lot. Of. He's like, in Minnesota. I was <laughs> shocked. Were you, you guys shocked how little he was shooting last night? Yes. 
Well, yeah. yeah, well, Gary Harris smothered him over right. the first that was a probably fun. seven, eight minutes of the game. There was a little extra on that game for well, both cool, guys. It was yeah. cool. Malone said after the game, Coach Malone for Denver yeah. said that was a game within a game between yeah. Gary and Malik. And, I mean, and Gary, then, Gary won that game. And then Monte Morris said after the game he was talking about Gary Harris, and he was like, yeah, Gary wasn't really talking a lot pregame. We knew he was really locked in. Mm. I, so, like, yeah. I like hearing and that. A lot of chirping from yeah. Malik. I like hearing yeah. that. But I was with you. I thought he'd shoot at least 20 times in that game. <laughs> well, it yeah. was funny. Vegas had uh, – they said – somebody, like, tweeted at me that Malik's over-under point total was 19.5 for that game, and I was like, oh, my God, that mm-hmm. is – the most obvious over I because Mal- yeah. I like Malik is going to be trying to get 17, 17, right? Yeah, he got 17. So I was like, I was shocked. Tough yeah. nights for bet for betters. I think the line was 13, and what was it a 12 point win? Oh yeah, because the last little yeah. foul there. That's what you get <laughs> so for gambling dumb. on sports. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and you wouldn't have even thought Malik might not shoot a great percentage, but he would just take enough shots to get to 20. Right. Well, yeah. let's let's go ahead and we'll sort of project what we expect of Malik Beasley with the Timberwolves, assuming that they're going to try to keep him, which I. I think they will mm-hmm. i mean restricted free agent you generally get to keep those guys to me he's going to be their third guy i mean you have the team is d'angelo and carlin city towns those are your stars and maybe down the line you get a third star because i don't think beasley's a third star but i think right now i think he's going to be their third best scorer and so for me he's a huge that's a huge piece of the team that they're adding i expect him to be a guy that puts up 40 point nights on occasion you mm-hmm. know like he, he has that in him He's a guy that they might even feature, you know, have a playbook for Malik Beasley that you kind of you kind of start to unspiral. He's obviously a great shooter, great athlete with a lot of length. I think he can be a little bit of a pick and roll player, not not a primary, maybe not even a secondary. But I don't think he's a guy that you're like, don't ever go into a pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And just because of that, you have Carl Anthony Towns. I I I think he's going to be a very very good player for Minnesota. I think so. So the questions, the two main questions are. For the Minnesota angle is can he be a third best player? And you're like, well, yeah, you could be a third best player on a team that has 16 yeah. wins right now, sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but th- thinking that they have, you know, the goal of becoming a team, you know, maybe next year with a winning record 500. Like, at, at what point, like, at what win total threshold yeah. does Malik have That's to move down question. to your fourth mm-hmm. or fifth guy on the team? I would say 500. I think he's the third yeah. best player on a 500 team. Yeah. So then that leads to the second question, which is now if you're paying him, if you throw like 460 at him, is, you know, when you already have D'Lo and Cat on a max, you're kind of ask, you're demanding that, you know, he probably at least be your fourth best player. And I think from my opinion, in like an ideal, ideal situation, he's like a really good sixth man who's yeah. maybe like your mm-hmm. fifth best player sure. sort of deal. But it's just, I mean, the Wolves are a long way away from that, you know, that spot. But I don't know. I, I need to learn more about what he can be like in a team concept. And then particularly what he, the, a huge question for Minnesota is what can he be defensively? I, I think the thing I would say about him is I think he's mistake prone. And that's the, that's part of like, that's one of the lines for a star player, right? Your, your star players can't make a ton of mistakes. And for for me, he's going to be a high variance. He's going to have some great nights and some nights where you're like, he didn't really give you much. And so that's why I think third best player on a 500 team, because you're going to get about seven or eight games a year where you're like, wow, he gave us nothing tonight. And, and you just lose those games. Right. Um, but uh, here's the thing. If you had, if your cornerstone pieces were LeBron James and Anthony Davis, Malik Beasley is incredibly valuable because he yeah. does not miss open shots and he's going to get a lot of them. Your best players are D'Angelo and Towns, and while I think those guys are both good, they're not – I don't know that you're going to have the D'Angelo-Towns pick-and-roll that's like, oh, man, just 
pick your poison, whatever. It's going to be very good. But I don't think it's like Anthony Davis, LeBron James, where it's like we have to send three bodies at that pick and roll at all times. See, I, I think it could, I think it could get to that point with with D'Angelo and Towns. I mean, it, other side of the ball, we can get to that. That neg- yeah, <laughs> negates yeah. a lot of the value there. They're going to commit to trying to make it that dynamic. Mm-hmm. It is going to be something that, if it's clicking, they're going to run high pick and roll over like over and over and over again. And then if a team does react with three guys. Then you have Malik, which is that secondary option as a pick and roll guy, or there's the shot. Here's where I, well, I, where I'm going to draw a difference from from the two examples we're we're talking about: LeBron, AD, and and D'Angelo. LeBron, AD are very very skilled. So if you guard them athletically, you match up with them. They still are skilled enough to score yeah. on you anyway. I think D'Angelo and Towns, while Towns is athletic, he's not like Anthony Davis, not at all. And so, but he's really skilled. So he's going to beat you on skill, but that's just a little bit harder, I think. I want to be clear. I'm not. I don't want to say that Cat and D'Lo are as good as LeBron and AD to pick and roll. But I, I do think that they're going to certainly try to make it as dynamic as possible. Yeah. So that's why I, I. That's why I think that the fit as like a third option. I just think you're going to maybe need a little bit more from your third option ultimately. And then your point about him being a six man is pretty good because he is a volume shooter right now. Yeah. I think he's shooting a little more now than he will. I think right now he's got a green light. And a very the happy, greenest of the greenest of lights, and it's not always going to be. Well, he's also green. on the contract year green light too, which is the greenest of green. It's funny every time we, you know, we've asked any of like D'Lo or whoever in the locker room about what Malik, like what Malik's doing, and the, they go, "Well, he's playing for something. He's yeah. playing for something." And the implication, obviously, of like, you know, he's trying to put together because he didn't have the opportunity in Denver right, to like right. put up. 20, we start 18 games. games to get that 60 mil, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, What's so funny to me about that is if I look at Malik Beasley, I know every front office is different. Ten years ago, oh, he's putting up 20 a game. Like, okay, he's worth X amount. That meant something. But I feel like teams are a little smarter now. They're like, yeah, he's not going to be a 20-shot-per-game guy when everybody's healthy. We need him to demonstrate other things that aren't. So it's funny to me that he would gun when it's like, I really want to see, can you run pick and roll? Can you defend? I think um, the defense is a- yeah, that's a huge question. I mean, just be, it is for every Timberwolves player. Mm-hmm. D'Lo and Cat are like objectively bad defenders. So the defense yeah. thing is funny with Malik because he should have all the tools. Like physically, he's got pretty good length. He's only what six five, but he's got pretty good but length. He's so athletic. He's strong. He's yeah. athletic. Quick. He's he has been a good one on one defender in the past. But, you know, where he's really struggled is from a team concept. And that has been probably the biggest thing that kept him off the floor in Denver. Uh, he gets he, lost. Yeah, he, he gets lost. His feet, like, get frozen. Yeah. Like, his brain is you thinking. Brain you can tell he's yeah. always thinking yeah. a lot. I, I was, like, going back and having watched some. And, like, watching him play with Porter sometimes, who is pretty clearly doesn't know exactly what he's supposed yeah, to be doing defensively. There's, like, these situations where Malik needed to, like, you know, compensate for for MPJ, and and he just like didn't. His feet would just be frozen, and he would just stay above the break when it's like th- this guy's wide open in the corner because MPJ is out of position. And so it's like that's what the Wolves need. I guess is my point is they need a guy who can make up for somebody who's going to have defensive errors. Like Cat and D'Lo not are sure, going to have defensive. Not errors. sure they have that guy on the roster just yet, but I think that's also fine. Like there's layers to building this. And here's one thing I'll say: defense, I think, is the funniest. We talk about defense and analyze it. I think the worst of everything we we do, hundred percent. So 
we often think like he gets lost as a help side defender. That's true. It's a weakness. Or he can't keep a guy in front of him. Like, okay, that, that's a weakness some players have, whatever. But I think defense is so much more about the combination of the talents on the court. And Akogi is an incredible athlete. Beasley is an incredible athlete. Towns is an incredible athlete in a, in a different way. There is this thing where like the sum becomes greater than the parts when you add a bunch of athletes together because you're going to make a lot of mistakes, but you're going to have these guys that are just always a threat yeah, to you like can cover shoot a lot the of gap. ground. And make, so yeah. you give up a lot of dunks, but you get a lot of steals. And uh, so to me, it is a real concern because, like you said, D'Angelo and Towns are bad defenders, yep. and yet you're one in your five, and it's so hard to have a one in a five that's bad. But can you create something that's just different? So I, I wanted to get to this later, but I think it's a good time of asking. I mean, the Wolves have been terrible defensively in this, the Towns era. And uh, the direct comparison to make, as it was a few years ago, was, was Jokic. And, you know, the, the Nuggets were 29th in defensive rating in 16-17, I think like 25th in 17-18, kind of where the Wolves have been. And now they've made this huge jump to mm-hmm. a very competent defense bordering on good. And... To me, it's it's so every time I'm watching a Nuggets game, that I think about how they're using Jokic versus the way that the Wolves are using Cat, and what the change was is they they started using Jokic schematically different in in their in their schemes. Right? I mean, it was like I mean it was much more of a drop in the pet. No, you disagree. I mean, I, he's playing up to touch. Sure, he plays up on him, but he played up on him several years ago. Not as much now. Now it's like okay. Every well, Cat is always drop, always deep drop. Yeah. There's no nothing else. They are running. They're running that, and it's never worked. But here's here's so here's the thing about it, because I think we also simplify just from an X's no standpoint. Yeah. We sometimes simplify like there's drop and there's up. There's a million different variations and skill sets and, and mm-hmm. instincts. And I know it's Jokic. Sometimes they wanted him to play up, and he would drop. And it, it's because it's easy to drop. It just takes no effort. It literally is playing free safety. But wouldn't you say the change would be how the other players on the floor? Are now have reacted to the way that they're using Jokic. Sure, on, sure. on the back a, line. There's a ripple effect to yeah. all of it. Yeah, there's well, that's where the Wolves effect. are terrible. Is yeah. once once it starts rippling, and and it cat if cat messes anything up, they have they don't have a, a Tory Craig on the back line. They well, don't have a Gary. And Harris this is kind of where I was going with it. The Nuggets improvement just so ha- defensively just so happened to coincide almost perfectly with with Paul Millsap arriving. Mm-hmm. So that that to me like you again we're talking about puzzle pieces i've always thought that Jokic's defense was a lot better than people thought it's gotten even better over the years but it was better denver had some pieces in place but they were missing like the one piece they were missing the foundational piece that unlocked everything else Millsap's arrival it's like oh all this stuff that Jokic does now he's not getting punished on the back end and now it's successful so so if you're gerson rosa's the timberwolves yeah, yeah, president yeah, yeah. of basketball operations is is that the the position, the player that you're most targeting? Is a Paul Millsap? Well, Paul Millsap's a free agent. Also. Yeah, that would be, an well, that would be so interesting. Also, wasn't he a target when he signed with Denver? Yeah. Wasn't oh, he yeah, Minnesota? he was, he was. To go there. So that's a fun little but alternative he, but universe. He, now he's going to be 36 this summer. Like, yeah, is that a different point? But I yeah, don't. you want a guy who who is ca- not just capable but smart enough, right, to to sort of mitigate. But, but here's the one thing I'll say is, I, I think Denver did it right by building around Jokic first and then bringing in Paul Millsap. Because yep. I do think if they would have brought Millsap even just a year earlier, it maybe takes away from, like, right. oh, now it's Millsap's. Remember when Millsap arrived, Jokic was like, it's Millsap's team, he's a four-time All-Star, and it took a little bit. The Timberwolves have established a little bit of this identity now, but I look at the team they have. Next year's a whole new team. 
Like yeah. we, we probably won't see it until next year. And it'll, and I feel like there almost might be some value to trying to put those pieces in place. And then if you can, if it's a star level play, like an Al Horford, for example, or something sure. like that, there's so, there's something to establishing early and then adding that piece to me. Guys, we're gonna take a quick break, but I gotta tell you, we are having a watch party this weekend, and I'm feeling a little competitive. The Avs just had a watch party this last week. Our Avs guys, Rudo and AJ, and it was off the chain. It was, I'm not kidding, better than the, the watch parties we've had for the Nuggets so far. Yeah, well, it was it was nuts. I don't know if you guys have seen First videos. Of, but it was a great game. Yeah. You went down to shootout, so it was like, okay, that's a perfect moment. But, man, that place was popping. Well, I'd say over 100 people. It was going crazy. We're having one this Friday. going to be even crazier. Friday night, 8.30 p.m. It's a Friday the, night. The Clippers, Blake Street Tavern. I mean, all the ingredients there for a, a great night. I'm guaranteeing a win. <laughs> that was so confident. That was the least confident guarantee I've ever heard. That's because I'm heard. not. What a ridiculous guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a really good feeling they're going to get this one. You got a good feeling? A well, good I got feeling. a bad one. Harrison had a good out. feeling, but it didn't turn out well. I can't remember. I don't know. Gary Harris had a pretty good oh, game yeah, last right. night. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, your feeling's looking good. No, the party's going to be great. You're going to want to RSVP online. Um, you can see it in our when we tweet it out. There's a link to the RSVP. Or you can go on the dmvr.com, click on the events page, and you can RSVP there. Um, but we're going to have all kinds of giveaways. So you know, if you've never been, maybe you're shy. You think that we're, we're going to be mean in person, Someone whatever. said that to me at the Purge. He goes, I've been afraid to come up to you guys, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it, too, because yeah. we are like gods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like you're stroking our ego, man. Please. Yeah, we're just a bunch of dorks. So come hang out with us at the, at the game. And uh, honestly, we're going to talk hoops. If the Nuggets win, we're going to talk trash. If the Nuggets lose, we're, we're going to be trash. around company and still talk trash. We will be there if you want to buy us a drink. Ooh, let me see. Always yeah. recommend. Which happened a lot at the last watch party, so which I was not what kind too of upset drink, about. What kind of drink do you think um, they would give you? Do you think they would give you a Hot Peak IPA? <laughs> wow. Well, I'm sure they will have the opportunity to because we know Blake Street Tavern is stocked with Breck Brew. Oh, on, are you guys doing a read right wow, now? Wow, that was so natural. It just one. went right into it. I love the hot pink IPA. I'm a big <laughs> fan of it. Big fan of the hot pink IPA. Yeah, the hot pink IPA yeah. is, so, is so great. Yeah. What do you guys think about teams doing alternative jersey colors? Like, what if the Nuggets had a hot pink jersey? That's like a G League thing, bro. Don't no, the well, Wolves just bring one? Well, the Wolves had the green. Yeah. yeah, but there's. <laughs> well, I guess that means we no, should. The Nuggets it, already have awesome jerseys. They don't need to be experimenting with a hot pink jersey. <laughs> Alternatively, just check out the the beer, the hot pink yeah. IPA. Just check out the hot it's pink delicious. IPA. If you need to find out where to get a hot pink IPA, Use where the do Breck you go? Brew locator. The Breck Brew Locator. Breckbrew.com. You know what's funny? People are always sending us this now. They're like, I used it and I found a beer right down the street. No way. And I'm like, it's, like, it's, cool. it's actually yeah. an awesome tool as a social media manager because people are always like, where do I find this beer? And I just dump the link on them. Have you guys, do you guys remember to... Carmen San Diego? Yeah, yeah of course. That, you do? Yeah. Do you remember the TV show? Yes. Do you know, yes. know? I was elite at that, at that game. That board game? Yeah. Geography? Used to be very good. Geography and philosophy. Geography and philosophy. Those are my two skills. Those are the least pertinent <laughs> skills to have. I played that game during a tornado in Illinois when I was four. It was very scary. What part of Illinois? Glen Ellen. Give us a clue. I just told you where it is. So <laughs> I was trying to open a door for you to do Carmen San Diego. Oh. Anyway, this reads off the real <laughs> yeah. the hot pink idea. Well, well, also, like we're probably going to get some snow pretty soon. Oh. We just got some. Uh, I, I don't. Know I, where was tell, going with I was telling. I was telling Dane he just missed the snow before snow. he got here, and now it's been beautiful these last two days. Although he was coming from Minnesota, so. Well, yeah. why would I care about the snow unless I was trying to get myself? Well, you go ahead. You go ahead. 
Well, if you're getting ready for the snow, you might want to equip your car or your truck with a snow plow. Oh, wow. I know, I, I know a place that sells snow Denver plows. Rubber Company can hook it up. They're your one-stop shop for anything that has to do with snow plows. Their blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. Did you guys know that their materials are actually the same ones that are used on the inside of wind turbine blades? I, I know because you, <laughs> you can't stop telling me. I love wind turbines. <laughs> Call them today. 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash dnvr and tell them who sent you. I think some people in Minnesota think about, or just naturally think about Wancho as uh, at that backline position yeah, playing next wouldn't. to Cat. So I know, I mean, I, I see you yeah. shaking your head. I mean, my, my take is that he's not going to be able to be that Paul Millsap yeah. special sauce, but but I guess how bad is it is is he going to contribute to a leaky cat defense really bad yeah <laughs> like, like the worst possible so as i said earlier that the, <laughs> the worst possible the, the, like, but great offensively yeah yeah there's a little in one hand yeah. out the other i, right? I mean no. <laughs> the, the main reason why malik couldn't stay on the floor consistently was team defense and you know wancho's probably in a similar boat like and he might be even worse just like yeah. individually on the ball malik has you know because malik is you know think, ha, has that athleticism i think wancho has the tools too in this one way he's very long he's six nine he's long and he's super mobile like even on the defensive end he's just long so he's another guy that we talk about the nugget Jokic and the long boys is like our new belief that the nuggets best option is just to put like a bunch of really tall players around Jokic, and then you're going to have a good defense no matter what and i think there's some truth to that with wancho too like if you had a you know, like a Wancho, Jeremy Grant, Tory Craig, uh, PJ Dozier lineup. Like that lineup's going to defend because everybody is so long. Mm-hmm. Um, similar things in in, but you're talking about a starting power forward, and I don't think anybody in Minnesota even thinks Wancho's a starting power forward on a. Well, I think some people do, and I think the point I'm trying to make is like. If they bring Wancho back, it should be in like a seventh man backup. No doubt about yeah, it. Power he, forward. He is going to be part of your death offensive lineup. Like I think that like he's going to be one of those guys, the fifth option on a great offensive lineup. Right. But you're not going to go into the playoffs. I, if you are, you're probably giving up a ton of points. So you better be on fire it, for four out of seven games. So what do you pay that guy then? Not a lot. Uh, Wancho. Well, what were you guys thinking for Wancho's market value? Three, three and twelve. Yeah, I mean, like I, yeah, six I million a year, maybe five million a year. So that's what I've been saying, and people have been like bumping it like all the way up to like the full mid level. I don't I in mean, the conversations. I don't know. If, I don't know who is going to give Wancho more than. I think people again. Well. I think people like the skill set, six nine shooter. And here's the thing about so we can talk about him a little bit. I I love Wancho. I'm a huge Wancho believer. Mm-hmm. I'm probably the biggest like believer in his skill set which is funny because it sounds like in minnesota yeah. they're wanting to pay him a lot more but i'm a believer in him the same way i was a believer in lonzo he's really good at this one role it's not a star role it's not a starter role but he's really good at what he does and sometimes it's good to have a great seventh man than it is to have a bad third option right. guy and so for me when i'm so high on him that's part of why i think he's going to be off the bench 15 to 20 minutes a game less than that in the playoffs but he's going to be like oh he's in you better have a good defensive lineup to combat it because otherwise right. Minnesota's going to score 20 points in a row. Right. Um, Another great part about Wancho, and this was always my favorite part about him, he knows his role. Oh, like, yeah. Wancho is just the consummate role player. He, he's never going to take too many shots. He's never going to be a super high-usage guy because he knows that's not what he's he, best at. And he's also a great, quick decision-maker. Uh, yeah, he's a yep. very smart player. It's been my favorite part. And, um, you know, 
he'll get it and immediately he'll know if he's going to pass, shoot, or attack. He's not a ball stopper. So he is the ultimate like link in a chain yeah, type guy. Absolutely. So he, you think like from a personality standpoint, he'd be very cool with coming off the bench next year. All right. I mean, oh, for sure. As long as he was playing, because I think in Denver he was... Consistently playing, like a, a yeah. similar role game to game? 15 to 20 minutes, and, and if he's on fire, he'll play 30, but... Right. He's not but, expecting to start. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's and, expecting... And, and, like and I think a reason why he's been a pretty good shooter out of the gate for Minnesota and was a terrible one in Denver is because in Denver, his confidence was broken. You know, he was in and out of the lineup for four years. He needed to go in, and if he got an open yeah. three and missed it, it was like, okay, not watch her today. And it's- yeah, and, and he was always, like, in and out of the rotation. Like, is, you know, is he going to get yanked for a Well, mistake? like, last night he would have totally got yanked. He played terrible last for night. For sure. When, when yeah. he came for back. For sure. But, but, he was, but Ryan kept trying to yeah. put him back in. He like, was he was always the guy, oh, miss a shot, look at the bench, am I coming yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he, it, it's no surprise that with – now that the organization and coaching staff has a lot of confidence in him, those shots are going in. He was a starter on the Spain's team, the summer that won gold. And yeah. I know that's, you know, whatever, FIBA, we, people can say whatever, but he, he is the type of player that can be around other great players and fit in. If he was next to Joel Embiid or Rudy Gobert, I could say, okay, I could see a starting role. Your other five guy, four guys have to be really good, mm. but he can be the fifth option on that team. But your Towns, you need defense in that four spot, mm. not offense. You need both, but you right. especially need the defense. And he's he's not going to save Towns. That's that's the, that's the right. Key. Well, that's you know that's a good piece of context because it just in Minnesota, it's so about any Malik, Wancho, whoever they draft, whoever they get in free agency. Like the question they're clearly trying to answer is how well do you fit with Cat? And that was the question in Denver for you know that's always been the question for the last two three years. But again, and they've nailed the answers to that. Yeah, but again, they have he nailed fits, a lot. He fits really well with Cat, just not as a starter. He, mm-hmm, you right. know, talent. You need the backside. You need the Millsap with Jokic. But we always love the Jokic lineups without Millsap because that's when the Nuggets with the shooters they just go off oh, offensively yeah. and they give up a lot. But it's like you know what? End of the first quarter, we can afford a little lackadaisical defense if we can score yeah. not three straight threes in a row to end the quarter. Like great. Yeah, I don't think you got two guys that are going to change things defensively. But if you're talking about building some dynamic pick and roll with gravity around two talented offensive players, these are two knockdown shooters. Right. So if you, because you guys mentioned Paul Millsap's a free agent, and that role is probably, assuming he leaves, would be a role that they're going to need to replace. And if we say the Wolves are theoretically need a Paul Millsap, like who are the who are the other players in the league hmm. who who like fit that archetype? So the top end is Draymond Green. Yeah. Like, I think Draymond Green's the single guy better at the Millsap role than Millsap. Um, but it's hard after that, right? Like, It does get really hard. Yeah. It does get really hard Paul after Millsap that. Paul Millsap was really at, like, the perfect point in his career to come to Denver and play that exact role. Because the other thing about Millsap, and I'm with Adam, I always thought Jokic was a little underrated as a defender. But early on in Jokic's career, he didn't give a shit about defense. And I don't know if this is Towns' case at all, but... When Paul Millsap got here, like Millsap was a multi-time all-defensive guy. He like preached defense from day one. He got kind of the rest of the guys yeah. and Jokic to buy in on the defensive end really for the first time. Like before Millsap got here, Jokic just didn't really care about defense. Um, but but Millsap got him to buy in. So, so that's definitely the type of guy to put around Towns. Your, your top-end guys are like your Pascal Siakams. But you're going to have – Tristan Thompson would be an interesting one to me. Um, you know, he's not going to space the floor, but I actually think at the four spot that's not – when you have Cat, I, I don't think it's as important. I don't Often, think normally it's as important, but I think to Rosa as it is. They're like, you know what's funny about that? I have such a take about this. Yeah. We overvalue the shooting from your front court and undervalue your offensive rebounding. And this one way, 
You can't send three, four guys to offensive glass anymore. You just can't. One. But if you have one guy that just requires you to box him out every time, it's it's a killer. And Tristan Thompson's that guy. He's one of the best offensive rebounders True. in the league. And he's a good – he can rotate, block shots, protect the rim or whatever. Hmm. So, to me, he's another guy that, like – Free agent, right? Free agent. So, yeah. if you ran picking – but he's going to cost a lot of money, too. I mean, he would end up having to maybe be your third guy. And it would be – Yeah. Again, it's tough. But maybe. Here's the thing. Kenneth, I always tell people this. The number one pairing in the front court with Jokic over the years, offensively, was Kenneth Freed. Mm. Couldn't shoot outside of the dunk. Like, he really right. couldn't even do a but flip shot. A beast rebounder. But he rebounded everything, so you had to just guard. Like you, you basically played four on four because you had to have one guy boxing Kenneth Freed out as soon yeah. as the ball went in the paint. And I think with Towns, it would be similar. So, so Tristan could be a guy that maybe makes a little bit sense in in that regard. What is the next kind of like fantasy in Minnesota? So there's D'Lo now alongside Ta- Is there a clear picture of like the brightest timeline who becomes well, that third? Well, everyone's guy? talking about Devin Booker, right? For, mm, yeah. I mean I mean yeah. 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 I just You know sure, if you do that's it, what the answer is. Yeah, that's it, what it doesn't make sense. No, no, no it does. You know what? I'm rooting for this. Get him. Start Beasley at the three, Wancho at the four, and just just do it. Just go for it. <laughs> How? Okay. Just go for it, well, man. Well, they already are going for the – we're trying to be the best offense in the league and yeah, defense. Yeah. Like, okay, so so Rosas came in when he when he got hired. He did, had his press conference, and he like explicitly said, to be a playoff team, you got to be top ten in offense, top ten in defense, and if you want to be a contender, you got to be top five, top five. And now after the D'Lo trade, at the, the D'Lo press conference – he started talking about net impact. Oh, yeah. Mm. So it, it shifts <laughs> yeah. down to, like, you know, I'm, the implications are, which, I mean, are, I mean, it's what Houston did. It's what the Rockets did. Yeah. They, when they won 65 games, number one in the West, they were, like, number one in offense and, like, I think seventh or eighth in, in defense. And it's kind of like, I mean, the Nuggets are, are a little bit more balanced, but you got to, I don't know, it's just a, it's a bold play to just be like, we don't have very good defenders. <laughs> we're maybe best, yeah. like best case, like nineteenth in defense. Like, what is your, what is the ceiling for a team who is below average defensively? And I mean, that's the path they're like very clearly on right now. Well, if nothing else, it'll make the Wolves more fun, which might be oh which yeah, might be a I significant mean, Booker Gelo Towns. Yeah. You'll be in the playoffs. Every okay, but year. That's, I don't even want. That's, I don't even want to play but with I'll, this fantasy. <laughs> it's yeah. how do you get yeah. another Max guy? Why is Phoenix just gonna be like, sure, take him, yeah, <laughs> take <them laughs> Booker? Wait, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we don't. We gotta throw thirty million back at him in salary. <laughs> oh yeah, we got James yeah, Johnson. Pretty yeah. unrealistic. Jerk Culver, yeah. he can't play at all. But here, take him. Like, no, it's not happening. Here's what I'd say: the types that we're talking about, though are generally speaking guys that have come from obscurity. So, yes, it'd be great to get a Paul Millsap in his prime or whatever, but Paul Millsap was in Utah and not playing, and he went to Atlanta, and he's a 60-win team, Uh, and is like, oh, this guy's actually great. Draymond Green was not – he was benched for David Lee, and he gets his chance. It's like, oh, wow, this guy's awesome. I think there's something, too. That role and that guy is probably a guy you pluck from obscurity or develop internally, and it's like – you got the, maybe it's a guy that's been in the league four years. It has I'm I'm looking through the list and the 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 guy that kind of popped out to me. It's kind of funny. Harry Giles, who I think is a really really talented player, but it, 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 the train is kind of yeah. moving away from him because as, as as the time goes on. And I wonder if it's one of those things. It's like look in an alternative universe, four years into your career, you might have actually been an offensive player, mm-hmm. like a really good one, but it hasn't worked out. Can we make you Paul Millsap? Can yeah. can you become a guy that's like, dude, we have Towns, we have D'Angelo. Go become this elite backside defender, and we'll get you points later on. So, do you guys view this as like different in the like where we're talking about whether it's Thompson or Giles for in the Wolves lens? Like, do the Nuggets 
not need that? Do they not need the well, They've got role? Jeremy Grant, who's going to step into that role most likely. It'll, uh, but it'll change the team, though. Yeah, Paul Millsap is a lot better at that specific thing than than Jeremy Grant is. The question is, can Grant be better at something else? And, like, okay, you're mm-hmm. worse on the backside, but you're better on ball. It, it's just going to be And different. at some point, M- Millsap's just getting old. Like, that's, you, well, you, that's you, it's thing. just like you're, the biggest factor. I mean, he's already missed. 30 games because if he wasn't, then it's a, it's a no-brainer. You re-sign Millsap. He's right. the right guy. And Denver might still anyway. I mean, right, we'll find right. out with, which right. direction they go. Um, oddly enough, you want to know one option that, that might work? You guys are going to – this is going to make you laugh so hard. Is it, Harry, is it Harry Giles? No. <laughs> oh, that, was, that one should make you laugh too. Mason Plumley. And here's why. Denver's probably not going to need him next year. Mm. He's not an expensive player. Like, yeah. And it sounds weird playing the two centers. Dominant with Jokic. The two center lineup has been dominant over the last two and a half put three shooters seasons. Out there with them. You, you need to put shoot spacing around there, but same thing. Mason Plumley knows how to rotate on the backside. He's not great, but he's good enough at it. He's athletic enough at it, and he's an offensive rebounding monster. So, so all all my listeners know that I've been harping on playing two bigs together the the whole year. And it. and I mean, like they had Gorgie Noah Vonley was playing kind of well at the beginning of the year. Gorgie Jang was played well too, but they never played those guys mm. next to cat and they just said i mean what what ryan says is we're playing a point guard three wings and a big and they never relented from that so it's like there's in a vacuum adam yeah there like, you go <laughs> cheers and, uh, it like i'm with you it, it totally it totally makes sense and i think those are where you would find more like a center would be that paul Millsap back, backline help but every indication i've got is like that's not what they're going to do yeah. is they don't that's not their philosophy that's not their philosophy and i don't know but their philosophy like kind of was all right well we're going to shift robert covington up to from a small forward to a power forward cuz you know he's a really good defender but that worked terribly i mean cat's worst defensive rating was with Robert Covington. My, my biggest question is Minnesota just building Houston Rockets north. Yeah, I was going to say, I just feel like they're just going to end up switching, and like it's not going to be a great defense, but yeah. at least it's just going to be like a – They're state. not going to end up switching. That's the really? thing. Huh. Yes. I mean, so that I wrote before From the a year, personnel play style standpoint. It's – what I wrote at the beginning of the year, and I think it's proven to be true, is – the Wolves are trying to emulate the Brooklyn Nets on offense. All like they, mm. Pablo Prigioni is their offensive mm. coordinator. He was in Brooklyn before. A couple of their executive. Pablo Prigioni, that, yeah. that's great. That's, I, well, awesome. that's awesome. So he, he is. He, they call him the offensive coordinator. That's great. Then they brought in David Vanterpool, who was uh, uh, in Portland and kind of turned Nurkic, who you guys are familiar with, into like a really solid defensive center on that team. And then from a front office standpoint, they're going to be Houston, where they're mm. just going to gun for stars. And then like bottom of the bin for the you know the the rest of the guys and so it's they're Houston in that way and I think that's what we're, we're seeing with the D'Angelo Russell move but like from a it's just different like style of play like you can say Cat and Harden are both like these dynamic offensive players but they they're, they're not switching at all I mean Cat mm, at, at, at all Malik Beasley's Eric Gordon I honestly mm. dude that's the, that's the that's the one I've said and that's yeah. what I'm talking about that six man kind of role thing like I think that's Peak, Malik. like the peak version of Malik, peak version of this yep. team. I don't know how you round out the other spots to like move him down to sixth, but to me, that's if we're making the Houston comparison, that's that's what Malik is. He'd be such a good rocket. That's all I was gonna say. <laughs> he would. The one the other thing about Malik is starting is really important to him, very important to him. I've noticed. <laughs> um, like that was a big thing with him in Denver. Yeah, yeah I, I think he was really pissed off that he never got mm. really, really an, an opportunity to start 
other than the fact that, you know, when Gary Harris was injured, he was the starter, of course, but never really got a chance to be like the starting three. But for his, example, his skill set is conducive to being a fourth, fifth best guy, right? In a yeah, starting line, so. just hit the open shot. So yeah. there's a world in which he can start without being. It's a, so hard a high to be usage. NBA with salary cap restrictions because what we're talking about is he's good enough to be paid like you know, a fourth or fifth best player. Right. But if you're going to win a championship, he needs to be paid like your sixth or seventh best player. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fifth, sixth or seventh best player. And, and it, that's what's just so hard about if, it. If you're Denver, every, that's how you got to this place. Every right? championship contender that's not in L.A. ends up having players that are just like so underpaid. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, both extremely underpaid. And you get to build a superstar roster. So at some and, point. And to a lesser degree in like Denver, too. I mean, we were talking about Monte. Like, Oh, yeah. You, you know, I mean, him. it's to a lesser degree because it's no, coming off the bench. No, but Denver had like five Monte. I mean, Torrey Craig plays a ton of minutes. Same thing. He was a two-way guy that got yeah. converted. So, um, yeah, yeah. you got to hit on those. You just got to hit value. on them. And then yeah. even they had Beasley and Wancho up until this year that were on rookie-scale contracts, but they were, you know, they were pieces. So um, let's talk about Jared Vanderbilt real quick because we – well, well, let's hit Vanderbilt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's hit Vanderbilt. Don't I guess break. we're just gonna we're gonna have to do breaks. Yeah. We'll just yeah, go yeah. mow through it. Um. But Vanderbilt, we barely got a chance to see, but we do at least know about him maybe a little bit more than than you do. For but. sure. Because <laughs> it's hard. I've tried. It's, yeah. It's hard. So the thing about him is he was actually a very uh a, a top high school recruit his junior season. He broke his foot. Um. And he was in the mold of a Ben Simmons, believe it or not. He he has a really good handle. He's a uh, He's a really unique player, I would say, because he's a very he has a very interesting passer profile. He can make some high level passes. High level. He's kind of always looking to pass, and he can handle the ball not cleanly, like he kind of looks rough, but it's effective. Like he's very quick. He's and he can dribble up and down. Right, the that kind of popped in summer league, right? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. It really hasn't popped at the NBA level. It popped a lot, I, I would say, the high school and collegiate level. But I guess I'm just remembering watching a summer league game and being like, "Oh, Jared Vanderbilt is handling the can, ball." Can yeah. handle the ball. Yeah. Well, they tried to play him at point guard a little bit. Right. I yeah. Tim Connolly told me if they had a G League team, Jared Vanderbilt would have been playing point guard the whole time. Well, yeah. so here's an interesting thing: is in theory, and in Vanderbilt, so he missed the two years basically because he missed his high school year, this like senior year of high school, and then he missed half of his collegiate year and when he got back you know how it is at kentucky there's so many good players that cal told him look man we don't have time to work you into this just go rebound and what does he do he sets a record for rebound rate yep like he he did it at an elite like, level like 25 percent right right yeah yeah it was yeah. insane how, how well he rebounded so i think he's a malleable guy we talk about backline rotation guys I don't know that he is has the feel for the game mm. of a Draymond, but he has the physical profile to kind of do it. Like, he's thicker than I thought. Just like being around him in person. And he's I think a he's horse. a workout guy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think he, but just like he has the mobility is what I mean. I mean he's six nine, long wingspan, but he's super quick on his feet. So kind of like in the Jeremy Grant mold. Kind of in the Jeremy yeah. Grant yeah. mold, and a very similar body to Jeremy yes. Grant too. And having a guy that can pass in that role, so it's Draymond-esque in that can he develop into a guy that like rolls, catches it, and can make the right quick pass, and I think he can. But defensively, I don't think he's a smart defender, but he had two years off. So maybe, yeah. again, if you're Minnesota and you look at him and you say, this is our need, you try to start funneling him into that, it might be an avenue for him. I was kind of uh, – I, I just asked Ryan Saunders about him right afterwards, and I was like, what position does Jared Vanderbilt play? Like, I was kind of thinking he might say, like, five. Mm. Just because, I mean, they're clearly going so small. You yeah, just yeah, saw last yeah. night. And I, I thought it was informative that he said three, maybe some four. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's that's interesting. You're not, you're not putting, because, like I said before, it's like centers on this team, three wings, mm-hmm. point guard. And to to put him, like, 
in like functionally what like Kate Bates Diop was was playing it, it, it doesn't because he can't shoot. I was, yeah, I'm just surprised yeah, yeah. that that's how they're trying to do it. But it's the re- even offensive worse, rebounding thing. Even worse than shooting, though, he can't finish like layups. Around the rim, his, yeah. his touch he doesn't have the feel If he just couldn't shoot, you know, okay, like we're talking about with Tristan Thompson, there's a role there. But he's like an offensive rebound then to go back up and miss the putback. But yeah. isn't that kind of the whole, like you said, you find these guys in obscurity. No. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Apparently he hard, killed it at the G League Showcase. Yeah, here's the one thing I'll say about him. And I root for him because I, really, I think he's a great dude. Yeah. And I like good family, you know, all that stuff. Um, you miss 17 and 18 years old, those are maybe the two biggest years of your life for development. Like, that's yeah. when the years when players really develop and learn the game. And when I watch him play, I'm like, yeah, that's a guy that was really good in the, like, I mean, think about it. Age 15, basketball is just not that good. Age right. 16, and he, he was great that he was the best then, but he missed two very, very prime years. And then these last two years, he's basically been in Denver not doing anything. But, it, but if you're in Minnesota's position and he comes as a toss-in in a trade, yeah, he's a, he's a flyer guy, right? Yeah. There's yeah. probably something there that, that we I would seen. say he's the best type of throw-in. Yeah. <laughs> because he's still not probably not going to be anything. Under but contract but, next year, too, for a minimum non-guaranteed. I mean, But he's a guy that at least has some tools there that, hey, we'll see if he can get He's got some on. very intriguing tools. Very yeah. intriguing. I was, I was, I don't know, I was talking to one of you guys, and I was like, I would have rather – because Keita Bates-Diop is, is functioning on the exact same contract. And I thought, he, I mean, he was showing something here this year. But maybe the thinking, if, if that was just like a one-for-one one swap, if like the Wolves said we want Vanderbilt and we'll send I, – I'm curious who they would prioritize on that, and I think the answer would be Vanderbilt. But I think like Keita has a shot at being like a legitimate role player. Like even even not I mean Denver's really good so so maybe not but go ahead. Let, well, I was gonna say let's actually pause there because okay. we just finished up with the uh, Minnesota guys. Let's take a quick break and then when we come back, let's talk about the guys Denver got cool. and maybe there's a little bit more there than uh, than what we've given them credit for. Uh, I was telling Vote the other day. I always come to this office hungry. You and h- how nice would it be if we had a stockpile of Bojo's Pizza right next to the Breck Brew in that fridge right it there? It doesn't work like that, though. Like, a Breck Brew can last for months. We could build, like, an <laughs> oven. Just yeah. an always-running oven that can just house Bojo's Pizzas. I'm That'd be it. just we'll incredible. We'll make Hale do the pizza. He'll be the guy that runs it. <laughs> yeah, we could hire somebody on contract to just turn the pizzas every uh, <laughs> couple minutes. How many Bojo's Pizzas, full-size pizzas, do you think Jokic could eat? In a, in, in a the, sitting? In one setting. Two. Two. Yeah, two full pizzas? You think three? No, I was going to say one, but two? Oh. That's yeah, a lot two. of pizza. Right now, if you mention DNVR at Bojo's, you'll get a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. Six Colorado locations. The offer is good at all of them. Again, mention DNVR and get a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. Mm. Right, back here with Dane Moore, Zone Coverage, Minnesota. If you're listening to Zane's pod. Back here with Adam Mates, yeah, did, 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 guys. yeah, 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 the DNVR Nuggets guys. Yeah, the guys are making fun of me. <laughs> so um, we've been a bit vague on the uh, <laughs> <laughs> nine <laughs> out of ten. Trying to work it in, working good. No, but uh, it's time. Let's talk about Kata Bates, Diop, and Noah Vonley because when those guys arrived in Denver, we kind of all met it with like a, huh, all right. Mm-hmm. Those are just the pieces that made the salaries match, but I don't think you should, man. Okay. I, I really don't, and maybe that's because I'm just too stuck in like Minnesota ways of like that's all you're looking at is like, oh, can we find a, a right, nice right. minimum guy, right? right. Mm. But um, but I mean, on if it was other guys like like Shabazz Napier or something like that, like Kada and Noah have discernible NBA skill sets, mm-hmm. and I think that's what I always say for a guy in the minimum. Show me one thing that you can for sure do mm-hmm. in the league, and you're worth a minimum contract. And and with Kata, 
like he can cut. He can cut, and he was shooting the ball well this year. And you, if you go back and look at his numbers last year, like the Wolves were tanking, and he shot like twenty five percent all, all in like the last ten games of the season, playing with terrible players. Like I'd throw that out when he played when he was playing in Minnesota. He was shooting it really well, particularly from the corners. I think he's a guy, once you go above the break, that extra couple feet messes him up. He's got a funky shot mechanics. I don't know if you've yeah, seen that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Not pretty. But the dude is smart. He was really good at Ohio, at Ohio State. He's like a smart person because sometimes you have a smart basketball player that's not the same, but he's both, you're, you're saying. He is. I, I, I really think so. And he's definitely like not the athlete of the – a lot of the other forwards that you guys have. But I remember just talking about it with Minnesota media people there, and we're like, well, I don't know if he's actually going to play in Denver this year, but what we've seen him be good at sounds like something that would really fit next to Nikola Jokic. Yeah. I, I, can he be Tory Craig? That's kind of like he's my so question. much taller and longer. Yeah, yeah, he, dude, he has six? a seven three wingspan. Yeah, over yeah. seven three. He wingspan. looks like Alfred Camino on the court physically. Like he's just like very long. That's like Al Farouk Amino. He's not yeah, that sure. tall, but he just looks so long. So. You know, people always say, like, this guy's so long, and we, like, equate wingspan and length to defense. This weird thing about, like, Keita and his length is he uses, <laughs> he uses it really well offensively hmm. to, like, get his shot up over people. Like, he, he <laughs> it sounds weird, but Jeremy he, like, Green moves his that. arms really fast and, like, to get up and, and finish at the rim. He he will just, like, sneakily finish over people. And when, which is, you normally think of that in a really athletic guy, and I wouldn't say kid is that, but there's just like a, I mean, numerous, numerous plays where I'm like, wow, he really just kind of went through the lane and effectively used his size and like, you know, the classic, like crafty sort of way. But I mean, I, I saw him to be an effective player that I think will be in the league, you know. Like, I don't think this is his last NBA mm-hmm. deal. It's curious to me that he's the one guy that's not active because McCray was active and not and Vonley was active and Cato wasn't. I, I think it's because Vonley, I don't know, the roles right now, right? McCray, because you can say, okay, he's a shooter and we need that. Right. Vonley, like, big backup or whatever, proxy there, I guess. Denver's but it, I mean, you were, pl- you were playing Minnesota, though. Like, you didn't need big men. That, that was the reason why I was Right, like, I guess confused. that's true. So yeah, they could do it game so, by game. So Kada, I, yeah. I I get the like my first impression talking to people after they got Kada was like, like we actually like this guy and he could be a piece for you know years to come. Like he's under contract next year. Could resign him for cheap after that. You were talking about this, Dane. His basketball IQ and I have always felt like that's something that this Nuggets front office has prioritized. Mm-hmm. One probably shooting, two maybe basketball IQ. Just over the last three four years, yeah, I'd say two is character, three is. It's funny yeah, that maybe gets, he's a character guy. I mean, yeah, and, and so from that sense, I think feel like he fits in just with the current roster from from you know a character standpoint and from a basketball IQ standpoint. Oh, I think you laughed when I said character, but think about it, like what's the worst no, no, character you're right. person you're right. brought in over I the think last right. four years? Like, That's a, I don't even know if there's like an answer to that. Maybe yeah. it's Jordan McRae. <laughs> yeah, my my. I mean, based on I don't know enough about it, but based <laughs> I'm on last night, no, no, yeah, yeah, a little there. kerfuffle after after the game, it seemed. To, um, but <laughs> we brush over that. <laughs> yeah, we well, because I, I don't know. No, I'm, no, not, no, I, I'm, I'm not brushing it. over that for any other reason other than like I don't have anything to report on. Yeah, it. If I knew yeah. more, if I knew yeah. more, I would absolutely report it. But there's nothing that was on record with it. There's nothing off record. Um, but <laughs> weirdly, it might be Malik Beasley, who's like a good. Yeah. I think he's good. Mm-hmm. Just like, the clutch thing. Yeah, and, and no, he's just—he's good. Like, I, I, he's not even bad. He's yeah. just maybe the least good, I guess. I don't know in a weird way. Right, like yeah. he just has a little bit more of like 
a superstar mentality yeah, when, when sure. even your guys' superstars seem to have role player mentality. Oh, no right. doubt about it. That's a great yeah. way. So, of so there's it. a world in which KDP fits into Long Jokic and the Long Boys, right? Is that oh, kind of what we're getting is, at? This here? is kind of what I'm getting at. And Dude, here, I I bet like if we when we like run into each other at summer league, you guys would be like, I do like Kada. Like mm. I I just, or I or maybe it's another year down the road. I would just be shocked if you go, this guy can't play at all. Mm. What is yeah. he four? He's a four. Yeah, I think he can. He, but he he was defending like smaller guys. Um, they kind of used him as like a three four, kind of like they were doing with Jake Lehman. So, but they would really pick who they would have guys defend. And and there's like one game where he guarded Devin Booker the whole time. And mm. and he he uses he's again I'm not saying he's quick, but he uses his length well in, in those situations to like. I actually think he's better at guarding smaller guys than he is. Yeah, like he'll get he'll get beat up if he slides up to guarding. Like a Paul Five. Millsap, like Paul Millsap oh, would, okay. would put him in the really? ring. Okay. Yeah, and I think he did actually in uh, when they played at uh, when they played in Minnesota. Hmm. Like he's he's a little soft. I wonder if you could get a three-four rotation that featured Grant, Kada, and MPJ to where like okay, MPJ and Grant are starting, but you can bring Kada in at the three alongside Grant, and then you could bring MPJ back in and slide him over so that those four, those three are always rotating. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I just it didn't like how they used him in that San Antonio game in the Phoenix game where he was just playing with, like, it was just him and Millsap in the front court. Like, Yeah, well, they were so – That's um, too small. They were so down so many guys. That's probably why they had but that's, to. It, so far in Denver, that's all he's played. Yeah, well, maybe they just view him as, as a four. And like in that, it's almost game. like a five though in that situation when you're like with Millsap, like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Here's one thing I'll say though that's interesting: cutting is obviously huge. IQ is and cutting kind of go hand in hand because mm-hmm. it's all about knowing the angles, knowing the timing, and all that stuff. But the length is especially in- interesting to me for this one reason: there's nothing Jokic likes more than passing to tall cutters. Mm-hmm. That's why he loved Wancho. One of the reasons he loved Wancho, he was great throwing cuts to Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari. Because Jokic is like a quarterback, he throws that fade route, and if you are taller than the guy, there's so much. It's so much easier to throw that. So yeah. that is Kada's number one skill set. We're talking. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the thing that he's best at. That's, that is tasty. That is tasty. I wonder if we're going to get a chance to see it. I mean, I'm really curious too. The the problem he's going to have the exact same problem yeah. that Juan Gomez did, which is that there's just so many guys. I mean, yeah, you we're probably Tori, not going to see it. This I, I don't think you will either. No. He's, I will say though, his role was erratic in Minnesota also. Like he was, and he was even down in the G league and stuff. And he wasn't, he was kind of fine coming in and out of the rotation. He was like one of those guys where you kind of knew what you're going to get out of him, No matter what, if it was just like for one night, someone's out, like he came in, you're like, Oh yeah, he, he can do the little he can do, but any can consistently do. Well, it. that's actually a kind of, kind of a read I've got on him. Like, if you need to turn to him, if you're like depleted by injuries, you can just go to him, and you know he's not gonna screw up. He's not gonna make any big mistakes. He's just gonna kind of keep you going, mm-hmm. and he can just plug different holes for you. Yeah. And I feel like that might be one of his really good attributes. Here's a big question: Does he love basketball? I I think so. Yeah, you were asking me that last night just because he he does have this really like sleepy vibe. He, he has, has a, a sleepy really vibe. sleepy vibe, but. But I'll, I'll do the comparison of Andrew Wiggins had a really sleepy vibe. <laughs> okay. Very different sleepy vibe okay. than Andrew. Andrew Wiggins is not like basketball. It's more a personality thing with Katie. So that's Katie. real, huh? The Wiggins stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, I think we also say that about Kata because he we had somebody in Denver last year who there were those questions about. Who? Trey, Trey Lyles. And oh. he, he had the sleepy – honestly, with him, it might have also just been a sleepy vibe. But both of those guys just like big win. What would you – you know, tell mm-hmm. us about the game. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Okay, wow. well that that see, K 
Kata is a talker. Like he's he's yeah. intellectual. Um, and yeah, no, he. I think he's like there was on the road sleep, with, with, sleepy vibe that actually like does care about basketball. Okay. Well, just, especially just Trey Lyles. Lyles. No, I think that's Trey a fair Lyles question. Instagram was always. Fine. I know that we could. You could. I think actually this is bad information. Like it, <laughs> it doesn't make anything. But he would like. I just remember last year there was a month where he was making model cars, and it was like on the road where like you'd see guys that in the gym or doing this or that, and he was always like, "Look at my new truck I just put together. It took me twenty eight hours." And you're just like. Uh, All right. What's Trey going for doing for his birthday? He's he's going to see the trains. <laughs> Big train guy. I'm glad uh, that joke worked out. I didn't know where I was going with it. Until uh, tell us about Noah Vonley. Absolute unit. Absolute unit. So um, he was kind of similar to when they signed him in the offseason. It's kind of like you know Wancho and Malik right now, where I'm like, all right, like Noah Vonley. I I kind of like you know knew him coming out of the draft and that but he i mean he's bounced around so much that i went back and like actually it was in the middle of summer went back and watched a handful of like his bigger games um on the knicks and i was like whoa this guy is like he's gunning for points yeah like Hmm. he was he was totally like they were just giving him the ball top the key all the time and he was like trying to take guys off the dribble and he was shooting a bunch of threes from like above the break and none from the corner, which I thought was weird. Hmm. And so I'm like, the Wolves offered him a multi-year deal. He turned it down to take a one-year, $2 million deal to get back out on the market. And I'm like, oh, trouble. Like uh, this guy's going to be hunting stats. Hmm. And that was all of our perception in Minnesota. And he came in and was like consummate pro, total role player of like, okay, there's 12 minutes a game at the backup role behind Cat or whatever, 14, whatever Cat sits. And he never shot. He, uh, they, again, I was talking about before, they ran this like super deep drop, particularly at the beginning of the year. They just had him get to the rim, take away lobs. Like I'm thinking about the first first game of the season against Brooklyn. And, you know, they're trying to, but Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, just trying to throw lobs. And Noah was great at breaking those up the whole time. What ended up happening was Cat got in the fight with Embiid, got, got suspended and and the wolves then played gorgie jang for the first time all season in those two games and jang played really well so then they gave jang mm. um they gave jang mm. vonley's minutes and then he was just kind of they're just because i said they're not playing two bigs so they, they like they liked noah and and he was like committed this year in miss was all about like commit to the system he was like committed to the system and the style of play and um and then he, there just wasn't there weren't minutes for him, but I thought it was really interesting. He completely stopped shooting threes, like he he missed his first like twelve or thirteen threes and just totally stopped. And so all he was in Minnesota was a defensive guy who like maybe grabbed a couple offensive rebounds. But it was it's so different than what he was for the Knicks last year. He was, when just, he was just trying, trying to, to survive his year at the Knicks, just keep himself entertained. <laughs> I, I guess, <laughs> but it was really weird. I, yeah. I thought I'm like, oh, this guy's about to sh- try and shoot. Like, so can he shoot? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Because he he, he hit a, he hit a have quarter you, three. Have you watched Lucas Twitter? Thought he was Go, a shooter look at for like, like a week. look at yeah. how I so I I was gonna write something on him before uh, before the the cat fight happened, and I ended up doing the, a one on one with him. I never ended up writing anything because he never played again. But I was like I was like so I'm um, you know looking at your stuff, and you never shot corner th- like never like ninety percent of his threes in his career are like above the break at ten percent from the corners, which is really rare for a big. I was like, what is that? And he's like, yeah, I'm not I'm not comfortable with that like that yeah. angle of the shot. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. That not how many players in the league, you know, would say that. But no, what he said, yeah. he was like, he was going to be building on, he's like, right now I want them to like, know I'm really good at this. 
like one thing and then I'll build on it as the season goes along. And he was never given the, I, the I'd opportunity. love to see him and Jokic play together because I just don't think he's part of the plan. I think he was a throw-in. But I'm yeah. curious about next year for Denver because Plumlee's a free agent. Good chance they lose him. Um, I don't know that you necessarily need a, a real backup, like somebody to play a ton of minutes, but if I think he's the type of guy you're probably going to need because he can, like you said, play 15 minutes at a high level. Oh, I think he's the perfect plumbing replacement. The, the nice, perfect one. Because he's but, a guy that you don't but, have to play every but night. But here's the thing. I love the jokic plumley combo, and I know that it is only born out of necessity this year, mm. but if it got born out of necessity you know, next year, they kept him. I just want to see what it looks like because here's one thing about Von Lee. He can rebound. Yeah. He's a big boy, and he's, he's kind of mobile. I wonder if he's a he really could, good athlete. I, like, just imagine him going up last night against Wancho. Yeah. Can he guard Wancho on the perimeter? I think there's a good chance he can because he's a pretty mobile guy, and Wancho's not like a killer. And, off and the he would have put he would have put Nas or Wancho on the rim just like and Jokic was. And that's mm-hmm. what I mean is like imagine Wancho trying to box out that that dude. I mean, just there's just he's no a chance. Unit, dude. He is an absolute <laughs> unit. So he works really really good kid. He's like yeah. a really, really good kid, yeah, and, and yeah, very, very, thing. very hard, very hard worker. Which is again not I expected at the year in, entering the year, but like very clearly a good guy. Um, the the thing where, to me where I think the Plumley Vonley comparison would break down is like Noah's a good athlete, but he, he's not really like a a high flyer yeah. in any sort of way. Like I, I wouldn't see him being like a lob threat. I don't think he, but Plumley's not a lob threat when he's playing with Jokic. Okay. I mean, they have a few lobs that make highlights, right, right, right. but they're not like running like plays like it. I mean, he really just plays the dunker, boxes out and rebounds, but he's really good at it. I mean, Plumlee's really strong, too. Noah Vonley, like, nobody can box him out. You yeah. have to commit to boxing him out. So I just wonder if he just said, hey, hang out at the baseline. Yoke's going to do his thing, and once the shot goes up, just try to grab it. Kind of like what they do with Grant, in a way. Grant plays more on the perimeter. Grant doesn't crash the boards. He's but but he kind of plays in the dunker, No. Some, not much. You'd okay. think. You'd think. You'd think. You, he, he looks like a guy that would play in the dunk. That's what's game. so hard about when you're, you know, I've probably watched like eight full Nuggets games this for year, sure. but you're like, what am I, you know, yeah, I don't know sure. if that's actually what it, it is. I'm like, this game, they were doing this. And- Anytime someone says something dumb about the team I cover, I just think about how all my takes about the other teams. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's, the I think, the 11th best rebounder on the team this year, statistically. Wow. So, yeah, it's like, wow. <laughs> he's, he's down there so, pretty low. So, something about the Minnesota guys, and this is what I thought of right when they made the trade. Uh, Vonley and Keita Bates Diop. The the Nuggets have a bunch of guys coming up for free agency next year. Like Tory Craig, they had Malik Beasley and Wancho, obviously. Um, Monte's right there. Monte's right there. Mason Plumley as well. Paul Millsap. They will need a lot of guys to just fill out the roster that are super cheap. And that was really the first thing I thought of with Bates Diop and Vonley. Yeah. Like Vonley, you can probably resign for a minimum deal or very close to it. Keita Bates Diop is on a really cheap deal next year. So if these guys are just really low-cost pieces that can fill out your roster, that's not the worst well, thing, well, and they can play. Kate too. is already locked into it, yeah. and and like yeah, I don't think Noah's done much. If if he if his market value was one year two million last year, like how did it how would it go up? Also, there's no centers. There's all those centers have been traded in the soft like the, no team needs a center right mm-hmm. now or this offseason. So right. um, yeah, his market might might be dried up. Um, Let's round out. Let's finish up this conversation because another thing I thought this is where you're going. The guys, not Vonley and and Kata both talked about the culture in Denver, and mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. And this is where we can get to co- start contrasting both the organizations and their cornerstone pieces, Towns and Jokic. And um, th- it's not fair to compare the situations because I think Minnesota has handled their build around Yo- uh, Towns very different than Denver. Denver had a much more patient approach and Jokic was always the guy like yeah, they, they did it well yeah <laughs> Butler as much as he's a great player 
I think changed the way Towns was going because he wasn't the number one guy. Um, but nonetheless, those guys came in, and one of the things they said was the culture around here is amazing, and mm-hmm. like everybody actually volunteer practices, everybody shows up, and everybody <laughs> because they want to and stuff, and, and it's really really big. Um, what is your? I guess I'm just going to start like this. What is your read on Carl Anthony Towns, superstar, superstar leader? So I, I was thinking about this when I was coming over here today. I think the first time we met, probably like four years ago. I remember we did a we we were at Vegas for summer league, and and we had. Uh, we had guys, you from Denver, me from Minnesota. Portland. We did like, oh, yeah, do you we remember did that? The, the Northwest pod, yeah. Northwest division, and specifically looking at the centers, and they were all Nurkic, like. Nurkic, yeah. Yeah, it was like Nurkic, Gobert, Cat, <laughs> and Jokic, and all like a really like fair discussion about like, you know, which one of these guys are can ascend into, yeah. you know, becoming. What did we land on? Do you remember? I think we all did the thing where we. We stood up for our own guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. Um, you were definitely on Jokic, and which has, I mean, it's proven to be true. I, yeah. If you look at those, and maybe it's partially the organization, but but I, I think about that where with Cat, he was, it was supposed to have gone better than this. Yeah. yeah. Like the Wolves stink. Yeah. Like they're, yeah. they're bad, and they're bad when he plays. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, yeah, I mean, he, at the end of the day, that's really concerning. So when you say Carl Anthony Towns superstar, well, I mean, I know you've played with a lot of bad players and a lot of bad stuff, but like, what have you, what have you really done? Yeah. That I mean, if you, I mean, if you're comparing the Jokic to Cat resumes right now, it's not close. You, you compare the the type of just players they are in a vacuum. Yeah. It's it's not it's not close anymore. Like Jokic is, I mean, Jokic is levels ahead of Cat now. Yeah. It, he he just he just is, and I mean, I. It, it, it's kind of hard to make an argument for how he's going to get there because, because as I was saying before, Jokic has shown that he gives a shit about defense. Yeah, Cat has, and he, and he gives. I think about winning in general, and, and I'll say this about you. Here's the craziest thing about Jokic from when we talked in that podcast to yeah. now. Jokic is, has, I think, one remaining flaw. I honestly believe this. He only has one. It's that he's not vocal. Like I think he needs to be more willing to confront teammates and coaches and just which is weird because maybe other players have been too willing to sort of do that but i think he does need to like step step up and talk but jokic clearly cares about winning he really is it it becomes a a cliche to talk about this guy that doesn't mind you know like that that doesn't mind if somebody else takes the spotlight he's like oh it's a team win what are you talking like he genuinely feels that way has that vision of basketball um so to me like that was the market. In, that was the difference. That was the seeds were planted back then, and now we see it four years later. Yeah. So I always go back to Game eighty two two years ago, and just how the two franchises have gone in almost opposite directions. You know, Denver. Want to hear a crazy stat? Yeah. So I was looking at this up before I came here, and Denver since that has lost forty five games total. Has wow. lost forty five games since, and the Wolves had lost. 45 of their last 65 games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, wow. like it's yeah. – Because it, it was a true pivot point for the Nuggets, and a lot of the roster now was on the team back then. But, you know, if you talk to people around the team, you know, from that moment, like they took everything way more seriously. Yeah. There was yeah. just they such a different commitment. After that game, 
everybody was in the gym at Pepsi Center in Denver for the entire summer. Yeah. You know, everybody was to Malik about that. Everybody was here during the off season. There was just a different vibe. There was a different commitment. There was just a different sense of professionalism. And all right, we're not going to let this happen again. Denver needed Game Eighty Two. I don't think the Nuggets are where uh, they are. Takes, true. Uh, if not for what happened in that's Game Eighty Two really and them take. missing the playoffs, so. It really hurt. And yeah. Jokic in particular, because like we were saying, I don't know that he always was on track to become a super-duper star. He was going to be the talented. But I think mentally there were questions about, like, does this guy really care enough? And I think starting with that failure, he's just been like a machine. Yeah. So I always wonder if it takes something like that for, for certain guys to kind of flip the switch. Because for the Nuggets, I, like that, yeah. I think it needed to take that. Or, or is it possible, Dane, that that Cat is more of the Anthony Davis superstar, right? Like a historically great second best player but maybe not the guy you build your franchise around yeah i mean probably like how many how many number ones are there like oh yeah that's a great you, you know yeah, like i mean maybe six, Jokic isn't yeah. even seven. that like maybe yeah. not yeah. It, so 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 probably but the reality is the wolves as they're building right now because that's kind of what they have to is they have to try and see of course if of he course. if he can yeah. if he can be that one um i mean my my concerns with towns are between the ears mm. like and it, it, it shows up in his leadership, as you talked. I mean, Jokic is weird in his leadership, but... But, but he's grown. That, and that was kind of the point I was making, was like Jokic wasn't the natural, like, oh, this guy's destined to be... But he that's the most surprising part of all of this, is he grew. And so with Towns, see, I, can, I'm with you, but maybe some, there's an insightful... So he's, he's grown in that his, his leadership role has more bandwidth... Just because he's like the, the longest yeah, tenured player, I know, no, no, that's yeah. I, I'm, I'm. It's that, self accountability is really what it is. It's somebody that goes like, "Wow, I'm not good enough." He, dude, he never ever does that. He never, yeah. he's never committed a foul and done the like tap myself on the chest and say, "Yeah, that was me." Or like, like he, the All Star I mean, Game reaction, right? It, it's it's all that stuff. And oh it's, yeah, it's oh yeah. You you've lost. He hadn't won a game since November, and he's like, "I got snubbed for the All Star Game." Like, bro, come on. Man. No, absolutely. Come you guys, on, you guys dude. don't even because nobody gives a shit about the Timberwolves or follows anything. There is a stupid quote like that every game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> like when they were when they were like kind of rolling at the beginning of the year, they're seven and four. And they're shooting all these threes and kind of making them. And, and he called the team pioneers of excellence. And, like, yeah, well, it, it, there's, there's just – I'm telling you, dude, there's – Can we make a shirt out of that? Yeah. I've thought yeah. about it. There's, like <laughs> – and and the, the thing is, though, he, he is, like, a super nice guy. He's just, like, not – he does not have any of that, like, actually, like – killer crazy like a dog in him. yeah, I'm telling yeah. You, i think this is a life thing that like it, it's actually this is one of those things where sports really teach you a lot about life and i'm telling you i think one of the biggest roadblocks people have talented people have to success is the inability to look in the mirror and be like wow i suck at something mm -hmm. and like that oh. and i think with Jokic, look he's also he's way cockier than people realize like he he is an incredibly self-confident guy but there's a reason he dropped 30 pounds this during the yeah. season and it wasn't it, it was because he got embarrassed and because mm -hmm. he Looked at the mirror and said, "Like, wow, I'm, I can't do what I thought I could do." And I towns there just has to be that I don't for whatever reason it feels to me. Yeah, I've an never outsider. It feels like that moment hasn't come. It hasn't. And partly there's been the excuse. There's been the chaos. Like, oh well, Jimmy Butler's this bad teammate, and there's now our team's not any good. And I think maybe different coaches, different. Yeah, different he, coaches. he he he'll rattle that stuff off. Whenever you say, you know, what's going on? You guys have this is your second double digit losing streak of the year. You know, and it, it's. You know, it's all of those things. There's never like, there's never legitimate accountability for you know 
this is what I'm not doing well. Right. Yeah. And and that's huge. Like you said, as a, as a human, that that that's huge. That's how you you know that's how you grow. And I'm really interested. Is like okay, you got your buddy, you got your best friend, D'Angelo on the team. Like, is that is he that type of friend that holds you accountable and says right. like, that's no man, be a like huge question. Like, I, I, and I I don't know D'Angelo well enough or or anything, you know, but yeah, but like. He absolutely needs that. Mm. He absolutely needs that, and it's uh, it's probably going to be the the, the difference. Well, right? one of the funny things is you look at it; it's not going to happen this year unless it happens organically and like just something happens in his life. But like, mm. he has a perfect out. The season's over. He's not going to play that much. They're already tanking. It's that moment's not going to come this year. So next year, maybe they need a game eighty two moment next year. But now you're talking about okay, you're twenty six or twenty five or whatever. Right. I think we figured it out. They just need to sign Paul Millsap <laughs> <laughs> and Devin Booker. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. just get off of them. Way into the luxury tax. Let's do it. Now, it I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's so good that that happened for Jokic while he was still on his rookie deal. You know, right. like earlier yeah. uh, when you bring up the salary cap yeah. stuff, because it's like, you know, maybe that does happen with the Wolves. Like next year, they make the playoffs, or or they and get game humiliated or, or something, or something it, yeah. like that, and that, that like sounds like a successful season, and they do make this change, and now they're all of a sudden starting to ascend in the right direction. Well, now you're towards the end of D'Angelo Russell and Cat's right. max contracts. What do you do? You're, you're about to throw now the thirty percent max at those guys, or Cat's going to get the super max if he makes. Like I think you know, time's running out. You know, the player that <laughs> had this, in my opinion, was LeBron James, because I think LeBron. He was great enough to carry a bad team to the finals, so it disguised all of this. Yeah. But I really believe that his time in Cleveland was a lot of waste because he never had to look in the mirror until he got to Miami. So what, when when did Minnesota lose in the first round to the Warriors? No, to the Rockets. To, it was to, the game to, 82. They won game 82, and then they went. Oh, right, because yeah. they play the Rockets. The Nuggets were going to – yeah, it was like flipped around. But Nuggets were going to get swept. Right. But um, yeah. I feel like the reason maybe that wasn't the pivot point was because, like you were saying, front office gets ushered out, a new one comes ushered in, Coaches, coaching staff turns over. There's so much roster turnover. In Denver, from game 82 to now, it's been the same guys. Until this trade deadline. Like basically right. yeah. that's same it. coaching staff, and same they, they trade office, Wancho same and Malik and Jared, all three of who didn't even play in game 82. <laughs> they weren't even. They weren't even. They weren't, they weren't even in even that there. game. Yeah. Like they weren't in the That's rotation. Wild. They yeah. didn't play, huh? No, they didn't play. That's crazy. Um, and also, the other funny thing is, and I'm telling you, there's a real thing here. Like you obviously clearly have a spot in your heart for Kato Bates, the app, and yeah. Noah Vonley, but I don't think it's anything like in Denver where. Beasley and Wancho leaving sucked, and it was real. Oh, yeah. And it's for the players too. It's like a very yeah. emotional thing, and I think that's the contrast between the two groups has been very stark. Well, it's because they've like been through some shit. Yeah, they've been through <laughs> yeah, stuff right. together. You know, and it, it's like the Wolves, they've basically been playing like Summer League Their for two years. Labor, like, I mean, yeah. it, it, honestly, look at the, look at the team. <laughs> they're, they're just changing hats. Like, all right, now I'm on yeah. this one. The Wolves had nine guys active last night on that on their team, and I bet you five or six of those guys play for their Summer League team mm, wow. this summer. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a bad loss for the Nuggets. <laughs> well, it wasn't even. It wasn't even close. It was the kind of game the Nuggets yeah. absolutely lose. By the way. Yeah, I was going to put it in the worst yeah. one of the year. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been a fun conversation. Yeah, um, co- yeah. touched on a lot of things. I feel like I know Denver's players or the new players 100%. a little bit better. Yeah. Definitely. Hopefully, Minnesota fans have an even growing effect. Take care of those guys. For I, honestly, we like Minnesota. They like that people love Malik. Know? 
People love Malik right Not now. Not Wancho? Okay, but I, I Malik think hit like six threes in five minutes. So and he came in, in numerous said, games. Yeah, <laughs> he's like we're making the playoffs. Yeah, so like that's yeah. the kind of stuff that's like a fan I, I, base. Like, Wancho yeah. hasn't had like his moment yet, like at a game but or he, anything. He won't like Wancho has like three well, moments. Yeah, so that's why. So then right, I think it's going to be a time thing where people are like, oh, I just like him. It like kind of adds up. Malik came in like boom in the first game, shoots a million threes, like makes a bunch of them, and then he comes in. He comes in the locker room afterwards and he goes. It's a playoff push. Yeah, straight yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, and we're yeah, like, yeah. what? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, That's he's, so he's him, just. Though. Tell your front office that. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's been making some comments like that that, you know, a fan, a fan, fan connect to. Wancho has been in foul trouble every game. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> oh, Wancho. I mean. Hold on. Let's tell some Wancho stories, can we? Yes. Like, so. Jokic made his first All-Star game last year. You know, the Nuggets videotaping. And Wancho just impromptu becomes his security and they're walking down <laughs> but with his accent he goes clear the way Ali star Ali star here. he can't no actually catching. say all star nobody <laughs> catching our Ali star and it's just like he's always doing that kind of stuff you know like uh, there was the video of him and Thomas Welsh at some like EDM concert at Red Rock just rubbing Thomas. his head and yeah. Thomas Welsh is like having the worst time of it he looks exactly like I would be having at an EDM yeah. concert and Wancho's like hat back glasses on just going crazy so it's yeah. just stuff like that. Like, Wancho just seems like the best hang in the so world. So I tell people this all the time. Wancho's the best teammate I've ever covered. Mm. The absolute best teammate I've ever covered. But I think Wolves fans are going to love Malik as well because Malik is, like, a worker. Like, that guy yeah, yeah. is an absolute worker. He wants to be the best. And, like, he does body's like perfect. He does put the work in. Yeah, so, and I mean, if a team's going to hand him an opportunity, he's going to do everything he can to capitalize. Yeah, he, he is Look, super competitive. Can uh, just, I interject for my boy Wancho on a basketball standpoint one way? I say this all the time. <laughs> if you were to look at this whole – since Wancho arrived, so four years, if you were to look at the five most memorable games over that span, he's a part of probably four of them. Wow. Mm-hmm. He, there's the Wancho game in 2000, his rookie year, where he scored 27 points and the Nuggets beat – the KD Curry Warriors at full, you know, hmm. just housed them and hit 26 threes, I think, in the game. was tied for a record at the mm-hmm. time. Um, he beat the Warriors again uh, the next year. Where With he a had game-saving block. game-saving block. I remember that. He yeah. had, um, you know, the Jokic triple-double game. You guys forget this. With the fastest triple-double in Milwaukee. They were shorthanded. Wancho was playing a bunch in that one as well. Mm. Jokic gets the fastest oh, triple-double ever. He had the uh, game five against Portland, the shimmy in the corner, which was just like... The icing on the cake. I mean, he just seems to be, as much as I don't think he's, like, a great player, there is something, too, like... He's a winning player, man. Winning he makes player. winning plays. Like, um, he just does a lot of little things, and he just is so good at playing his role that he plays off of really good players well. Like, that's why he could fit around Towns, D'Angelo yeah. Russell, and Beasley. He is a great guy to put next to your star players Mike Miller at the end of of his run with the heat was kind of like this I felt like where Mm -hmm. it was like you know he can't play a lot but when he would check in in a big moment you were kind of like you know what he might just play above himself for five minutes and that's what they need and he always seemed to I think the fans will like him and I can tell that all the players are gonna like him oh yeah yeah, he's a great teammate oh yeah honestly it's a good litmus test if there's a player that does not like him yeah they're the problem problem. all right guys we'll wrap it up thanks so much for tuning in he is Dane Moore you can catch up we'll have the 
his Twitter handle in the description of the show, so you can click on that and follow him. Great guy. And, of course, the Minnesota Timberwolves are always around. They're always going to be around, so check him out for all your <laughs> Always around. They're always That's around. That's the marketing pitch. No, they're I'm not disbanding. The tickets pitch. <laughs> the, the Wolves, they're always here. I'm saying they're in the division. Yes, I, I know, I know what you were getting at. But <laughs> you will play us four times a year. It's they like are the a basketball team. They don't matter to Denver. They're a team that matters very much. So. Hey, but. man, I mean, for, I'm not totally sold it's going to happen, but you can paint a picture if somehow this Cat D'Lo thing off Offensively is really good and the front office like actually rounds out some pieces like give me they, like three more ifs they, I, yeah well that's all we <laughs> we only get ifs in minnesota i'm just they, it could be a team that you know two three years down the road oh yeah if it comes i mean that it's it's a western conference team that the nuggets are competing the, against the nuggets are just gonna have to go through all their ex-teammates donovan mitchell and, and gobert yeah. Nurkic, <laughs> that's a, the nuggets yeah. are so good at drafting they Drafted they the build every other team in the Northwest <laughs> the Division as well. Subsidizing <laughs> the Western <laughs> Conference. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. All right, guys, before we get out of here, got to tell you about Green Mountain Dental Group. Do you guys have a free or do you guys have an electric toothbrush? I do. You know that we do. But I have, <laughs> I have the crappy one. <laughs> you should upgrade to a Sonicare. But I don't. But I Harrison, you don't even try to like tailor it to a new conversation. You just ask the same question. Harrison, I can't afford a Sonicare. Well, it's okay because it's free. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Tell me more. All you've got to do is schedule a cleaning, X-ray, and exam. You'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Done. I'm putting it in my reminders. Now. It will change your life. It changed my life. Remember, get a cleaning, X-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, and they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush.